Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. It is Thursday, March the 2nd. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith with you, ready to break down the Thursday card. We are now just a little over 24 hours away from the NHL trade deadline. And uh, I don't know what much how much of a trade deadline we're going to have tomorrow, honestly. It seems like all the key actors in the play, if you will, uh, have been doing their job and have been on their move, if you will. Uh, so I just don't know what we're going to have left. I mean, we're pretty much going to have eight hours of absolute BS being spewed by TSN and Sportsnet uh, all day long tomorrow because there just won't be enough trade activity to talk about as all the big deals seem to be going down right now, you know, before uh, the uh, Friday trade deadline. So uh, in, in lots of activity, you know, your mind's head spinning almost, Alex, with everything that's gone down the last couple of days. But today it's the Boston Bruins who are the team that are uh, deciding we're going to take over today and be the uh, team stealing the headlines as they trade for Tyler Bertuzzi. I said on Twitter about this deal that a healthy Tyler Bertuzzi uh, uh, and a Tyler Bertuzzi that is able to uh, pick up his offensive game, he does only have four goals in the in 29 games this year, is a nice addition to an already very deep, very loaded Bruins team. The key is staying healthy. He's had injury issues. The key is definitely picking up his offensive production. And, hey, sometimes that will happen by default because you're going to a Stanley Cup contender. Nothing gets the adrenaline and the energy flowing better than that. Um, but uh, they paid a lot of draft capital to Detroit, and I thought Detroit got a decent return, more than decent for Tyler Bertuzzi, and his ability to stay healthy and produce is going to have to be paramount. And I know our Jimmy Murphy, our colleague, hopefully will join us tomorrow. We'll see. You know, Jimmy will be really busy with the trade deadline, but I know he's going to try to get on with us for a few minutes tomorrow for his usual Friday appearance. But, yeah, they did give up a lot of draft capital, but there's no doubt Pertuzzi in the physicality and the forechecking department. He's an agitator. He goes to the front of the net, scores the tough goals. You know, when he's on his game, that is, he scores the tough goals that you need in order uh, to uh, be a that kind of player that can be an impact player at playoff time. So they bring him in, and then they re-sign long-term for eight more years. David Posternock, of course, one of the pillars of this Boston Bruins team. They get the long-term extension done with Pasta. So a very busy day for the uh, Boston Bruins here on this Thursday, Alex. Yeah, it is, and it's interesting because, you know, we talked about, you know, where this Bruins team came from uh, at the start of this year, what we all thought and how they, you know, defied all the odds. But now you look at their uh, just draft room right now, no first round pick for the next two years, no second round pick for the next three years. They've really sold off the farm to win right now. And when you look at all these UFAs, they're going to have cap room, but I don't know if they're going to be able to just rebuild when they do have to rebuild. It's going to have to be them spending money for a while. They don't have uh, you know, the prospects down in, in, in Providence for the most part, but they certainly don't have the draft capital to to build stuff. So it's going to take a minute. So when they if they do win it now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm guessing this team's going to try and stick around. Obviously, they got enough key pieces back for next year and beyond. But uh, that rebuild is going to be really interesting to see when we're talking about you know 2026, 2027. 
There's no question about that. This is our first Ice Guys show since the, the biggest of trades that has gone down since the last time we were with you yesterday afternoon. And that's, of course, Jacob Chikrin finally getting moved to the Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators, can you believe it? Two no. victories over the Detroit Red Wings, and we're going for it, baby. Uh, wow. <laughs> what a change there in 48 hours for Ottawa because, uh, look, and they were impressive in those two games against Detroit, but I think this is Pierre Dorian appeasing his players, and especially Claude Giroux, who was the most vocal uh, this week about let's make a push, let's try to upgrade, let's try to make this team better, uh, to try to give ourselves a chance to make the playoffs with no guarantee they make it. Let's be honest. They've still got work to do. They're still five points out uh, of a wild card spot uh, in the Eastern Conference. But there's no doubt they got a player that is going to help them in a position where they need help. Okay, we know that Ottawa blue line is still a work in progress. We know they've asked a lot of Thomas Shabbat. We know they've asked a lot of Jake Sanderson. These are two guys that are going to be pillars on the blue line for many years to come. But they're already asking Shabbat to play 25, 30 minutes a night, play in every situation. Jake Sanderson, they're asking him to step up and play in key spots as well uh, throughout the game and also big minutes. You need to alleviate that from those two guys, especially if you're going to be a playoff team, especially if you get in. And boy, Jacob Chikrin's going to help that a lot. He is that defenseman that is going to play in every situation, be good at both ends of the ice. And certainly it's a huge improvement and upgrade to the Ottawa Senators' uh, blue line. And when you look at it, Pierre Dorian really deserves credit because it's funny that the comparable price that he paid to get Jacob Chikrin, you know, what did he send to uh, Arizona here? He sent the uh, uh, 2013 second round pick, 2024, 2023 second round pick, 2024 first round pick, top 10 protected. And you know what's funny is, you know, Philip Ronick got traded to Vancouver uh, earlier in the day and Detroit got similar return that uh, for Ronick that Ottawa did for Chikrin. And it's incredible to see what, uh, what all the Ottawa didn't have to give up to get Jacob Chikrin. Nobody off the roster, no prize prospect, not an overly, you know, a uh, draft pick that's so overly important that you're going to say, oh, wow, we're really going to miss that draft pick. I mean, just really impressive GM work. And you know what he did? He waited. He he was biding his time. He outweighed the market. The market, you know, value on Chikrin and the asking price kind of dropped. You know, he waited it out, waited it out, and then he swoops in yesterday and probably gets Jacob Chikrin for way more less and given up way less than I think anybody thought, say a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago. So it was a nice move by Ottawa. Again, you can argue all you want. Are they really truly going to make the playoffs? Is this going to be good enough for them? It, look, it makes them better. They have a better chance of making the playoffs with Jacob Chikrin. There is no question about that, but it's just that the teams you have to, to, to jump over, you know, the hurdles you have to overcome. You're still five points out. There are good teams standing in between you, standing between you and a playoff spot in the East. But there's no doubt you're a better team with Chikrin, and I applaud Dorian for not having to give up a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting, too, because with this Ottawa move, I, I kind of criticized it at first. I'm saying, what on earth are they doing? It, it, they don't seem to be in the position where they're going to just all of a sudden now Jacob Chikrin is the missing piece to, to get them into the playoffs. Uh, and like I said, you know, you beat Detroit. Okay, so you just leaped over the, the team that's basically right in front of you, you know, and, and you celebrate as if now all of a sudden you're, you know, firmly uh, looking toward a, a, a solid playoff spot. But for the future, 
if they hold on to him, which I guess they will, they have this, you know contract control for the next couple of years. That blue line looks really good, and when you compare that with what the forwards and these younger guys that are getting better, this is a team right now that they're a goaltender away. And it's funny, I'm looking at cap friendly, and I forget about Anton Forsberg making 2.7 million in the next three years. They're gonna want to get rid of that at some point, but if they can go in and get a top tier goalie this off season. Like, a, a, I think a John Gibson, I know we talked about how bad he's been the last year and a half, but I think he would be the guy to really set that team over the top and make them a legitimate playoff contender. I think that would be a great spot for him. Change of scenery, completely different conference. They're a couple of pieces away from being where we talked about at the beginning of the year. I think they could easily be perennial playoff contenders in as early as next season with this lineup. And it, th- think about the fact that Jacob Chikrin, too, is only 24 years old. I right. mean, there's just so yeah. much still ahead of him. He hasn't even hit his prime yet. He's not even close to his prime. You know, I was talking uh, – we recorded, by the way, last night video with Nikita Kaszurski, and I, we, it's funny I mentioned he's not in his prime yet. We we actually were talking about what's the prime age of a hockey player, and, and uh, Nikita said, you know, like 28 to 31. You know, that's right when they're in the best part of their career, the prime years. Like, he's still four years away from that. If you believe yeah. that 28 to 31 is your prime years, then he's still four years away from that right now, mm-hmm. uh, Jacob Chikrin. So uh, he, there's definitely so much that he is going to bring to this blue line. And you think of the three of them together now, Sanderson, Shabbat, and now Chikrin. Yeah, it's definitely going to make Ottawa a whole lot better. They've already got the young core up front when you're thinking of their captain, Brady Kachuk, and you're thinking of Timmy Stutzla. Uh, and Drake Batherson, and and they've got that core. They've got the the veteran in Claude Giroux. You know, you to bring it, of course. Uh, you know, they are yeah. fine up front. They've never had issues up front. Pinto's going to be a good player. He's already showed you that. It was the blue line, and t- essentially, you know what uh, the Ottawa's done the last week or two? They shipped out Nikita Zaitsev, and they bring in Jacob Chikrin. That makes, I mean, my goodness. I mean, Nikita Zaitsev's been underwhelming for years. He's been uh, defensive miscues left and right. He's out, and now Jacob Chikrin's in. You talk about a, a huge upgrade on the blue line with just one guy out, one guy in. You're seeing it uh, for uh, Ottawa. Uh, last night, just briefly, uh, we all, almost again hit another Dallas uh, draw, but not meant to be uh, as uh, Arizona uh, loses 4-2. A short and a goal pretty much put an end to that uh, in the latter stages. And I also narrowly missed, in frustrating fashion, a draw in the Carolina-Vegas game. Uh, as that was too, too late. And of course, uh, Vegas gets the uh, late goal with uh, a few minutes left to make it 3-2. A good win for the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm not overly shocked that Toronto got taken apart by Edmonton. When you have that many faces in the lineup, new faces, I mean, sometimes it takes that game or two to get the chemistry right, the cohesion right. And you could tell there's just a lot of new faces. A lot was going on. Players in, players out the last 48 hours. And Toronto looked like they were playing like a team that were had their heads spinning, you know, with all the chaos going on with the roster going into that game. And they played like it. But give Edmonton credit. It was one of their better defensive games I've seen in a while. And what a difference Matias Eckholm makes. Holy shit. What a great debut for him with the Oilers. He's st- standing people up at the blue line. He's knocking people down on their keister. Uh, his defensive posture is great. Active stick to break up plays in the offensive zone or in the defensive zone, Edmonton's defensive zone. I mean, just absolutely outstanding. And I said that's going to be a huge boost to them. They're automatically going to be better defensively just because of him. And I don't know if he could have played any better in his first game with the uh, Edmonton Oilers. But uh, anything you want to mention, Alex, about the games from uh, last night? 
Uh, yeah, for the most part, I mean, it was just like I said, a lot of interesting things. Obviously, looking at how the Rangers played, uh, you know, and just wondered if that energy, even though with no Kane in the lineup, but the energy of them making that move uh, sometimes kind of, you know, launches a team forward. And I think that that's what we saw here. We saw, you know, Tarasenko uh, going off. And now that team, like I said, we'll be interested to see what happens tonight when 88 steps on the ice. But they seem to be really loaded and focused and ready for a big run. So that was a big thing. And, and like I said, you got robbed on that Carolina-Vegas uh, draw for certain. I had Carolina in regulation in that game. Uh, they had no real chance of winning that game. It felt, felt like after the second period. It just felt like they were just kind of coasting along, uncharacteristically low uh, total of shots for them. Uh, you know, We had the Seth Jarvis prop. He was non-existent for the last 35 minutes of play. So, it, you know, the good teams are going to, you know, lay eggs like this uh, in the second half of the season, even against other good opponents. We always talk about the great teams or the top tier teams, uh, you know, not playing up to comp to, to lower competition, but sometimes even against great teams, they'll just have a bad night. That was just a bad night for Carolina. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't, you know, read into it too much and think that, Oh, the, the earth is falling. Uh, if anything, I think Carolina is going to get better. We talked about Poyarvi that addition. I think that's going to really, uh, you know, make some, uh, some, you know, big returns for us, not just, Wins and losses for Carolina, but also a goal and point prop. Uh, definitely a guy I'll be looking at. After a couple of games, though, like I said, still waiting for teams to kind of gel uh, with these lineups. And, and that's the thing you have to remember for today, tomorrow, and really the rest of this weekend. I think up, up until Monday or Tuesday, still have to just be a little cautious. We can't just say, oh, Patrick Kane's in the lineup. So now the Rangers are just immensely better. Or, you know, uh, you know Tanner Janot now in the lineup for for. Tampa Bay, we have to you know measure these things out and we have to see where they're sliding in, who's getting power play time. Maybe Kane doesn't get as much power play time, or, or or maybe he's not on the point like he was in Chicago. We have to watch these little things. So that's a, the biggest thing. I, like I said, I'm jumping in on a few plays. I've had some some fairly bigger cards lately, but it's been mostly smaller units for that reason yeah. because it's more of a still, you know, we're watching more for you know, changes and things now than we were, say, three weeks ago. We were just, you know, kind of just looking to see where current form of a team is and just betting on them accordingly. Yeah, the, as as you know, this is, uh, as usual, a big card for me tonight. Uh, that Some things never change. But you're right. For me, it's also actually a little bit lower units uh, across the board because you're right. You're talking about – and it's not just players are going out, players are coming in. It's chemistry shaken up, cohesion shaken up. You just wonder if the team is going to come together and gel quickly. It sometimes takes a few games. Look at, like like I said, last night with Toronto, for example, all the new faces. It's going to take some time. But more than anything, too, it's also the mental, you know, mental strain on these players with everything going on. Am I going to get dealt? Uh, who's coming in? Who's going out? Am I losing a teammate? Is this guy going to come in? And, and, you know, it's just – and the excitement when you get these players and you're a team that's contending and you bring in these players and sometimes you're just so hyped and you're so excited. You just don't play well immediately that first game after all the trades get done. So I think you're seeing some of that. So in the Rangers, you worry about that tonight, for example, uh, in their game. And there's some other teams in that kind of spot as well. So it's a tricky board, especially tonight and tomorrow will be as well. Maybe even Saturday, the first day after the trade deadline, because you're still got guys that are going to just be joining the team. There's if, if players are going from a Canadian team to an American team or vice versa, they've got visas that have to clear. Those could get held up for a few days. So uh, definitely this is a tread lightly. You know, it's fine to bet yeah. a ton. Of, and I'm still high volume in terms of the number of games, but I'm definitely lowering the units amount, unit amounts and the wager yeah. amounts. There's no question about it uh, for these next uh, two to three days. 
And I, I to be true, fully transparent, I probably won't have a side or a total play tomorrow. It'll probably be a, maybe a, a draw or two, and that'll be it that I'm looking at because of the fact that we might have where, like I said, especially with the visa issues, which I feel like they've been a bit more uh, prominent in the last couple of years than we had seen, say, around 2015 to 2018. Uh, and I don't know if post-pandemic has anything to do with that. Maybe it's a little bit tougher to get uh, you know paperwork and stuff done. But we could have spots where you see teams running 11 forward, seven defensemen or something kind of crazy like that because they don't have guys that are you know necessarily ready yet. Uh, I remember one year, I think it was one team that actually just played, you know, 17 skaters uh, because they weren't able to, to fill things out time and get it, get any call-ups up. So it gets really weird with that from a roster management perspective. So yeah, tread very lightly. T- Tomorrow is almost like an opening day kind of uh, a feel. The deadline day, I've always treated kind of like opening day in the sense of like we just got to wait and see with certain things. And, and like I said, maybe even that Saturday with a lot of early starts on the Saturday, still be a little bit cautious. But after the weekend, should be should be fairly clear enough to just kind of get back to regular routine. Yeah, definitely. Indeed. All right. With that in mind, let's go. Uh, by the way, I want to mention last night one thing on v- the Carolina Vegas. I don't know what Brent Burns was doing on that goal that really changed things for Vegas at the end of the second period. There's, and Eddie Olchek, you'd wonder why he's the best analyst in the sport. You see the way he broke down that play. He was the first to point out there were four guys caught on that play, Carolina, deep in their own zone. Yep. And there's Brent Burns going to the wall there to try to check his man and leave Eichel all alone for a breakaway on a stretch pass. It was just horrendous by Brent Burns to do that. And it was perfectly illustrated. It was a backbreaking goal. Well, they did tie it in the third, but you know to give up that goal so late in the third, two to one uh, for Vegas at that time. And like I say, Eddie O, he broke the play down just at and explained it absolutely perfectly. I don't know what the hell Brent Burns was doing, and that's Brent Burns. Brent Burns is an offensive-minded defenseman, but he is yep. not. He is definitely someone that will have a gaff or two defensively. And boy, did he have a big one last night. Yeah, he did. I mean, as a, an offensive-minded defenseman, 37 years of age, so he's not as fleet of foot as he once was. He definitely get caught in some big positions like he always did, but but he's more susceptible to it now than any point in his career. And one more thing, too, before we get to tonight's card, I got to give you props, Ian, because you're the only person I've really heard talk about Dawson Mercer, and, and I, with good reason because of this streak he's been on. This kid's the real deal. I think he's probably one of the more underrated players, one of the underrated forwards in this game right now when you start talking about some of these young stars. Uh, like I said, I think we're going to be hearing more about him now you have to talk about him with this run that he's been on, but you, you kind of uh, kick the tires in motion with talking about Dawson Mercer. So props to you for recognizing that. No, I appreciate that. And uh, again, last night, uh, a goal and a point, and that's what now, how many games now is that in a row? I think that's seven, believe it or not now for Dawson Mercer with a goal and a point, seven game goal streak, seven game point streak. And you can still get like last night, you were able to get plus 300, you know, on him to score a goal. Uh, it's just that the adjustment has not been there. Uh, in any of his props, point or goal, and we've definitely been able to uh, capitalize on that here uh, the last uh, few, uh, the last several games, and he lit it up last night again in the uh, New Jersey win. What a fun, a crazy game that was, and the Devils in a shootout end up surviving and getting the 7-5 to win. All right, let's turn our attention to this big Thursday card. We've got 10 games. Pen- Penguins and Lightning kicks it off. Tampa Bay minus 160, home favorites, 6.5 the total. I mean, this should be a Tampa spot. I mean, this this is Tampa on a losing streak. This is Tampa that got embarrassed by Pittsburgh just uh, four days ago in Pittsburgh. Uh, you would think this is that spot where you get their A game, you get their absolute best. But, man, uh, this is this is me worried a little bit about getting involved with the Lightning right now uh, at this price uh, especially. And with Pittsburgh trying to build some momentum, they made a trade. They got Michael Granlin from the uh, Nashville Predators. 
you know, for a little more depth up front, uh, a little more scoring punch uh, offensively in the forward group. Um, Pittsburgh got a win against Nashville. Pittsburgh showed they could beat Tampa. They dummied Tampa on Sunday night. And I thought Tampa was supposed to show up against Florida. Florida destroyed them earlier this month uh, after the All-Star break. Tampa's coming off those uh, that terrible loss against the Penguins, and they couldn't have started that game worse. They were getting outshot, totally outplayed uh, in that one uh, by the uh, Florida Panthers early, and they never recovered uh, as they ended up uh, losing that game to the uh, Florida Panthers the other night uh, by a score uh, of uh, 4-1. to one. Uh, That's two losses in a row for Tampa. Uh, it's a Tampa team that's actually lost three of their last four games. Uh, so let's see how they fare here tonight as they try to bounce back. I mean, this is this is usually the spot we don't even hesitate, Alex. It's Tampa off three, two losses in a row, not playing great, playing a team that just absolutely embarrassed them on Sunday night. This is usually the spot where we just take Tampa and we don't even think twice. Well, guess what? I'm thinking twice. <laughs> That's the way it is right now uh, with the uh, Lightning here in this game. Uh, I don't have a strong feel, a uh, side or total pregame. I mean, uh, certainly Vasilevsky here is expected to be a net for the uh, Lightning in this game tonight. Tristan Jari for Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, they're fully healthy, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. I, I would take a shot with the first period. And if I'm going to maybe get involved with Tampa Bay, that's it. Okay, I'm not doing regulation. I'm not doing anything but maybe the first period puck line, which is also the best value you can get uh, as well because we are talking a nice plus price uh, with the uh, Lightning in the first period puck line. I may put a, just a couple of bucks on that because of the fact that this, in theory, is supposed to be a step-up spot after two straight losses for a completely healthy team and for a goalie that's been a little bit you know, up and down lately at the incredible game against Detroit. And of course he gives up the three early goals to Florida in the opening period, the other night in Vasilevsky. So I might get involved with Tampa first period puck line, but that's pretty much going to be the extent of it here for me uh, with this game, at least from a side or a totals uh, perspective, uh, six and a half being the total. I know obviously the game against Pittsburgh, I was on that over as a best bet and it flew over the total, I, I would still lean to the over. I mean, it has been four of the last five meetings over the total, uh, including 6-2-7-3 in the last two meetings. But you are talking about a Tampa team with Vasilevsky now in net, trying to shore up defensively. So I'm lukewarm on the over. I'm lukewarm on Tampa Bay first period puck line, but I am leaning in those two directions. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Penguins, Lightning. Yeah, this is a good live game. I feel like if Pittsburgh can score first early, we can hop back and, and bet Tampa at a better price. And I like the over, but definitely not at six and a half. And and, and laying juice, I would go with a five and a half to lay a price, or uh, hopefully maybe even grab a plus price. We not we don't see a ton of scoring early from these two teams, especially Tampa Bay. They kind of when they're dictating the pace, like I said, they are more possessive, uh, possession heavy team. We're not going to see them just uh, fire off a ton of shots early in the contest. So I think we can wait enough and get a five and a half, maybe lay a dollar, fifteen dollar, twenty. And hope that Pittsburgh can score first, and then maybe the Lightning come back, get two more, cash your first period Tampa Lightning, and then I can grab a uh, in game at a plus price or even laying a dollar ten. But even regulation scares me. Like I know a lot of people in the chat are saying draw. This does have that kind of draw feel potentially, especially uh, if one team, you know, these two teams trade goals back and forth, which I think could be the case. So I lean with the over. More likely going to play that in game. And like I said, this is usually a Tampa Bay spot, but can't lay 160 with them right now. So maybe you have to go first period and then uh, hope you can grab a full game uh, live. 
Yeah, and definitely it looks like for uh, Pittsburgh, by the way, the, the, the guys that just recently got added to these teams, Mikey Acemont, by the way, talked about how great he's been shots on goal for us the last few the games with San Jose. He's now with Tampa Bay in that trade yesterday, but I don't expect him to make his lightning debut uh, here tonight. And Michael Granlin, though, it looks like will be uh, making his Penguins a debut for the, for the uh, Penguins tonight. It looks like they've got him slotted in the third line. Apparently, he is going to be good to go tonight. So we'll see. And keep in mind with Granlund, I believe, coming into this game, uh, you know, and it, the way he ended his uh, tenure with Nashville, he was starting to pick up his offensive game. Yeah, six points in four games. So Granlund in his debut to score a goal or get a point, if assuming he plays, you know, I think that's definitely something you could consider here in the prop world. I like Braden Point to get a goal. I mean, you're not getting a great price, obviously, but he's scored in five straight games. Uh, he's been the one constant, obviously, for the uh, Lightning during this time. So uh, I definitely think there's a good chance you see him finding the uh, back of the net here for the uh, Lightning in this game. Uh, some other things to uh, keep in mind here. We've got uh, Sidney Crosby uh, in terms of the assist prop. It hit the other night. So going back to that well is not a bad idea. Uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay, uh, for the sorry, for the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, Crosby assist props. We've been cashing on them quite a bit. So there's another one to uh, consider here in this game tonight between the uh, Lightning and the Penguins. Victor Hedman is the probably the shots on goal prop that is the strongest right now for the Tampa Bay Lightning, simply because you know with Kucherov and Stamkos and even Point, you know, Point's actually hit or miss with his shots on goals props going over. Stamkos is usually three and a half. Kucherov is usually three and a half. Hedman's always two and a half, and he's been shooting the puck quite a bit. So uh, Victor Hedman, I think, uh, shots on goal prop tonight for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning would be the favorite for me, the one I would like the most here tonight uh, in this uh, game uh, against the uh, Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. So Victor Hedman, again, over two and a half shots. Uh, all right, uh, next up Wait, here got, is we – Oh, Ian, I got a quick question to ask you about sure. Mike yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. With that deal, you know – that's the one that's probably going to affect how you bet him from a player prop standpoint, right? Because you look at where he was with San Jose, he was what getting top six minutes and scoring goals. I mean, something catastrophic going to have to happen for him to be on the top six with Tampa Bay right now with the lineup they have. Do you think he's there's still value of him? If he, do you think they're going to try and slot him maybe higher to like third line or try to give him maybe some power play minutes because he's been running hot right now? Or do you think he's just going to be third line, fourth line grinder guy? Probably won't won't see him score too much uh, moving forward. Well, that's going to be the thing. I mean, I, I didn't really bet a ton of goal props and point props. Well, just once or twice. It was always okay. the shots on goal shots. prop. Well, he's not going to be on the top line with Tampa Bay like he was right. with San Jose, obviously. You're, he's going to probably be a third line guy. I think that's okay. maybe where he's going to – he might even be fourth line because they've already got Paul and Colton. Right. You know, and Janelle, players like that. Third, and third, so. so that he might knock out a – does he knock out a Patty Maroon? Does he knock out a Pierre-Edouard Belmar? Like, that's who we'd be looking Perry. at, Perry, on the yeah. on the fourth line. Yeah. The one thing about Perry is the foot speed is, you know, not – he never was a fast skater, Corey Perry, but even more so now in his old – does he take Perry's spot? Uh, that is potential. But, yeah, you're looking third line at best, maybe even more likely fourth line here for Mikey Acemont. So the ability for him to get those, you know, three shots on goal that you need you know, it's going to be lessened with the Tampa Bay. Right. That being said, the first game he plays for Tampa, I'll probably still bet his over shots prop just because we've been riding it. But if it doesn't cash, we probably get off the train. And the and that I'm would be a it. thing, too. Uh, obviously, the depth and flexibility now, because, like I said, with Maroon and, and Perry being aging guys, you can now sit them for as many games you want moving forward because you have an ace amount. So, you know, once again, adding to the 
the depth and value that Tampa Bay has. I just wanted to ask you about that because I know you've been hitting his props lately. So, yeah, it's a great question, and you know what? He's been uh, excellent lately. Uh, for the uh, for he's been excellent in San Jose uh, down uh, since uh, the, before the trade. So, it is a nice depth forward addition. Big body too. Really nice. Uh, uh, addition here, you know, it's tough to knock off the puck. He's got offensive uh, ability uh, and, and good hands, good finish uh, around the net, uh, generates offense. So, yeah, that's a nice move. Uh, under the radar move, but a nice move for uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. All right, Ottawa Senators, New York Rangers. Uh, the Rangers minus 160 here as home favorites, six and a half being the uh, total uh, in this game. Uh, you look at this matchup, look, Rangers obviously are going to have the big debut of Patrick Kane. That's obviously the headliner tonight. They have they have him slotted with Vinny Trocek and Artemi Panarin uh, on the uh, second line. They're not breaking up the uh, Criders, Abanajad, Tarasenko uh, top line, which has formed some very nice chemistry here for the uh, uh, New York Rangers. You know, if I'm going to look at this game from a prop standpoint, Alex, I've got to think Patrick Kane. Vincent Trocek has all of a sudden found new life. This guy is rolling at the moment for the Rangers. He has four goals, and he has uh, eight points for the New York Rangers in the last six games. He's going to be even, you know, he's going to be helped even more by having Patrick Kane on his line. So you've got to think that Vinny Trocek props. I'm, uh, Patrick Kane props, it goes without saying. He wants to make an impact here in his first game. There's no question about that. But Vinny Trocek's the one that's been, all of a sudden, you know, for a guy that's kind of had a disappointing season overall, you know, he has been absolutely lighting it up here lately for the uh, New York Rangers, uh, and he has found something. And now he's going to have Kane on his right-wing side to go with, of course, uh, already on the uh, left side, Artemi Panarin, the bread man. And these guys, you know, they're going to be feeding him the puck left and right. So I think from a, spot, from a situational standpoint here with Kane on one side, Panarin on the other, how do you not take a shot with him to score at plus 270? Vincent Trocek to get a point. He's only minus 120. And, you know, even if he could assist because he is the center, he could, you know, dish the puck to a Panarin or a Kane. And if you want to take his assist prop plus 155, I think there's tremendous, tremendous value in Vincent Trocek props here tonight for the uh, New York Rangers. Kane props goes without saying. We're back on Timmy Stutzla on the Ottawa side, of course, uh, overshots on goal. Uh, that has been uh, a terrific you know, back to the well constant for me uh, of late, his shots on goal prop. There's also been some good, uh, some players in good form lately on the uh, Senators side uh, of the equation. There's no question. Brady Kachuk's gotten a point in eight straight. Stoops <coughs> like it over shots on goal in eight straight. Debrinket and uh, Giroux have points in seven of the last 10 games. Debrinket has an assist in eight and seven of the last uh, 10 games as well. And the thing about the uh, Debrinket assist prop is it's plus 155 as well. It's a great value for a guy that's, again, had a point in seven of the last 10 games, or an assist, I should say, in seven of the last uh, 10 games for Ottawa. So there's some really good options here uh, in the prop market. Uh, Kane, by the way, on a four-game point streak uh, for the uh, Senators, of course, or for the Rangers, rather, coming into this game. All of that with Chicago, uh, of course, before the uh, trade. So this is definitely a game where there's some good options. Sabanajad's on a three-game point streak. Criders on a three-game point streak. Chuck Giroud, Debrinket, three-game point streaks. Batherson, three-game point streak. Uh, like I said, Debrinket, three-game assist streak. Uh, Patrick Kane, three-game assist streak uh, coming into uh, this game tonight. And Patrick Kane's assist prop tonight, Alex, is only even money. It's plus 100 at DraftKings for a guy on a three-game assist streak, Pat Kane. So, again, this is an awesome prop game. I'll be dabbling a lot in the prop market 
here with the Senators and Rangers. As far as the side goes, I do have a small bet on Ottawa. I just thought it was aligned a little bit high with the momentum that the Senators have. The Senators have played well, you know, at times against the Rangers. Played them tough uh, in the uh, past as well. So I like Ottawa a little bit here at the plus price. I think it goes over. Halak is confirmed in net for for the Rangers. And I'm not saying that all of a sudden he's going to just give up goals in bunches, but he's still not quite what Shesterkin delivers in net. And on the flip side, I don't care who it is for Ottawa. They're going to be in tough to keep the Rangers down. You know, the Rangers on, uh, fired up for this home debut, this team debut of Patrick Kane. I think they'll find the back of the net, especially if it's Talbot. I'm still not sold. I know the, the Detroit start earlier this week, he was pretty good, but he's really been more eh than not lately. So. Uh, more ah than good, I should say, lately. So I think it goes over the number here, six and a half with the uh, Sens and the Rangers. What do you think here, Alex, on this one? The Patrick Kane debut for the New York Rangers. Yeah, I mentioned in the chat if uh, you know about just the fact that it's going to be Patrick Kane, Artemi Panarin, and Alex Dabrinkin on the ice, and none of them are wearing Hawks jerseys. That's uh, very unfortunate. So, uh, some magic that we could have seen years ago, but of course Stan Bowman fucked all of that up, but I digress. Here we are, Rangers. Uh, showtime on Broadway. I mean, I'm going Patrick Kane, anytime goal scorer, plus 150. Definitely going to take that assist prop at plus 100. And that's really going to be the key thing to zero in on with him because, like you said, they're going to be gunning for him. They know what he can do. He's going to open up the ice for Panarin, same way he did when they were playing together in Chicago. He's going to open up the ice except for Trocek. You know, on the, if he's on the power play, like I said, I'm waiting to see where he's going to be slotted on the power play if he's going to be on the point of the wing. If he's on the point and you've got Zibanejad, uh and Breadman and, and company up front, that, that's going to be uh, where you see most of his work in the, on the stat sheet. It's going to be more assists. I could see him probably only having maybe six or seven goals, but he probably could have a dozen assists uh, by the end of, of the season, honestly, especially with this run that he's been on lately. So those are the two things I'm looking at. As far as side, I don't want to touch the side here. I know a lot of people like Rangers and regulation or, or, or puck line. But like I said, Ottawa seems to be jazzed up about, you know, getting uh, Chikrin and like you mentioned about, you know, Giroux, you know, being the leader in that locker room, though, the veteran leader in that locker room, kind of saying, hey, let's go for make a run for the postseason. So there might be some some juice in Ottawa, maybe in the first period might look at them. Uh, kind of leaning toward a first period over, but I'm not laying 155, 160 here. You can get a much better price for that adjusted uh, in game. But I would not be shocked to see. Uh, at least three or four goals maybe early in this contest. So I will be on that live first period over, but also just looking at props too, mostly centered around Sir Patrick Kane. All right, next up, Nashville, Florida. We've got Florida minus 210 home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this one. Uh, I'm on Florida double up here. And uh, like I say, I, you know I haven't bet Florida. I've been It's been tough to trust this uh, Florida Panthers team, but I think this sets up for them. They know they've got to put wins on the board. they got to string wins together. You know, at this point in time, I mean, they that's what they have to do if they hope to be a playoff team and they get a Nashville team that's really ripe for the picking. The Nashville team, as we're seeing, they're breaking it up. It's being gutted. They're selling off pieces left and right here at this uh, trade uh, deadline. And it's just, you know, other than Duchesne, Yossi uh, and of course, Ekholm, their best, you know, stay at home defenseman sent out to Edmonton, although they did get Tyson Berry back. But you're a better, you're probably better in terms of your puck movement from the back end with Tyson Berry. But you're worse defensively. That's the one. Thing. Tyson Berry's got a lot of Brent Burns in him. Very good offensive defenseman, but a little liability in his own end a lot of the time. So uh, that's definitely something you're going to notice here for uh, uh, Nashville. I think for Florida, and you know what I like too about this spot for Florida, and I'm going to go first period puck line and in regulation here uh, with Florida uh, in this game. They one of their worst games since the All Star break was a Saturday afternoon game in Nashville, 
and they didn't show up in that game. They were horrible, and Nashville took it to them. So you got a little revenge motive in the mix as well uh, for the Florida Panthers uh, in this hockey game here back home. So uh, I like Florida here both ways. First period puck line, minus a half, plus 155 at DraftKings, and we'll also take Florida in regulation, minus 122. Uh, at uh, Pinnacle uh, in this one. I think they get the job done. And we will get to the props in a sec after Alex's thoughts. But, yes, we're on a bunch of the props, and the Listerine man is one of them. You don't even have to question <laughs> it. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Predators, Panthers. I'm going to tell you on that Florida first period puck line, and I, I'm trusting you trusting Florida more than I trust Florida because this, this Panthers team has just been kind of the bane of my existence uh, whenever I've been on them lately. But this is just a really rough spot for Nashville, honestly, and that's probably the best way to attack it. Don't you know have to jump in and, and, and be invested for the full 60 minutes. I think in Florida, they should come out hot, and like you mentioned, they did play Nashville and had a had a rough uh, go of it in that last matchup. So I expect them to come out hot and heavy early, that's just a team that's really rough to try to bank on, you know, giving you a full 60 minute effort and getting a win, even against a bad Nashville team. So just keep it simple. Go first period puck line with the Panthers. There we go. Good stuff indeed. I actually am going to jump smaller bet. I like the Florida stances more. I'll probably have a unit amount wise. I'll have a little bit more on the two Florida bets. A little smaller on, I'm going to go with two smaller bets as well. Team total Panthers. Uh, over as well uh, in this game, which is a reasonable price. You can get the Panthers team total over three and a half minus 134 at Pinnacle. And a little bit on the over six and a half full game, just a little bit, because the one thing I think is Nashville about Nashville is they're so much weaker without Echo on the uh, blue line. You know, when you look at them now uh, on the uh, back end, you've got Yossi's good at both ends of the ice. Fabro is now asked to play a top pair role. I don't know if that's something you want to see. McDonough is solid, but then you got Carrier, Lozon, and you got Barry, who can be a defensive issue in his own end. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Florida to generate offense, generate quality scoring opportunities, and really forecheck the suspect blue line to death tonight. So goals could be in the offing here. And you know what's funny about Nashville versus Florida? Three of the last four meetings have gone over the total. The game in Nashville a few weeks ago in February was 7-3. to three. Uh, in favor of the uh, Predators. So I think this game could still have some goals in it. And yes, the prop market is uh, a good one here, in my opinion, for this uh, game tonight uh, between the uh, Panthers and Predators. Uh, there's definitely, I, I think Anthony Duclair actually is someone to consider for shots on goal. He's been shooting the puck definitely uh, a lot more of late. Carter Verhage shots on goal worth a look. Sam Reinhart, Brandon Montour. I think this is one of those games where you take a lot of different Florida Panthers uh, to shoot the puck uh, a lot tonight. Reinhardt, Ekblad, Kachuk, Verhage, uh, Duclair uh, are all on that uh, mix, all in that uh, mix, I think, for good shots on goal props. I think it's going to be a lot of rubber fired at, the, at this Nashville team that I think is going to give up a lot more shots now without Ekholm. Ekholm was a road grader. Ekholm was a, uh, a shot-blocking machine. It was tough to get the puck through to the net against him, and you really take that uh, one of the – better shut down defenseman in the league out of there for Nashville and it's going to make them a lot more vulnerable defensively so I think you could even go with Lankin and Lankin probably going to be a net I believe yes it is it's Kevin Lankin in here tonight that's another reason I like Florida because uh, Saros uh, is has had a pretty good season overall Lankin actually hasn't been bad but I think Lankin kind of been trending backward here the last couple of starts that we've seen uh, he's given up three goals or more uh, Kevin Lankin in the uh, in uh, one, two, three, four, five of his last seven starts. Uh, so I think definitely Florida is going to be able to find the back of the net against uh, Kevin Lankin in tonight. So those shots on goal props are worth a look. E2, Coolman, Luce Dorenan, uh, no question in terms of uh, getting a point 
Uh, you could even take him to score a goal because he's been heating up in that regard. But he's on a three-game point scoring streak right now for the uh, Panthers. Uh, he's almost also three straight games with an assist for the uh, Florida Panthers. So, again, don't sleep on these assist props. Uh, they are usually good value. Like, he's even money at minus 105 to get a point. He's plus 175 to get an assist, and he's had an assist in three straight. So, again, don't take, don't don't miss out on those assist props. A lot of them also have outstanding value uh, in a lot of these games, and that's uh, no telling here as well for uh, – there's, that's not uh, it's the same for a loose terrain and definitely liking the uh, assist prop there for him as well you know even Yossi at minus 145 to get an assist on the Nashville side he's been definitely filling it up in terms of uh, assists uh, props lately uh, and look he's going to be even more of a factor offensively because of who they've dealt away the last few days including Janot including Granlund I mean, up front, this Nashville team definitely, you know, is not as uh, deep as it once was. A lot of their offense is going to be reliant upon Duchesne. Uh, and uh, they're moving up Kiefer Sherwood, by the way, to the uh, top line. Recalled from the AHL, and it looks like Kiefer Sherwood might be right up the lineup tonight. Uh, Thomas Novak, there's another one. Cody Glass. I mean, if you're going to take some Predators tonight, take Cody Glass. Cody Glass has two goals and five points in the last three games for the or sorry, that's Novak, I should say. Novak's been incredible. Uh, he has three, five, seven, ten, eleven points and five goals in the last six games. Eleven points in the last six games for him. Glass has uh, four points in the last three games. And again, if you want to be safe, you could just bet the point prop on both of those guys. The Novak point prop is plus a hundred uh, tonight in this game. The Cody Glass point prop is plus one twenty-five. So absolutely outstanding value for both, uh, in my opinion there, because I do think Nashville uh, is going to uh, end up uh, getting on the scoreboard at least a little bit, even though the Panthers, in my opinion, will do most of the uh, offensive, uh, pull most of the offensive weight in this game. Uh, we have big news, breaking news. Da, 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 da. I mean, trade deadline again. There's going to be, after this trade now that we're about to announce, there's going to be absolutely nothing left. For, there's going to be nothing but scraps left for the uh, folks that are going to be talking in circles for eight hours on your television tomorrow on TSN and Sportsnet uh, because uh, everybody is moving. And now we have just confirmed that Jonathan Quick is now a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. Jonathan Quick traded from Columbus to Vegas in exchange for Michael Hutchinson and a 2025 seventh-round pick. Uh, and uh, so you knew a goalie would be going back to Columbus, and you figured it would be Hutchinson. They're not trading Hill. Uh, Thompson's injured, and he's the long-term uh, goalie for them. You knew it would be Hutchinson going back the other way. And here's Jonathan Quick now getting his wish, you know, that he didn't obviously would not want any part of Columbus. And now, yeah, I'm sure he's still trying to sort out the emotions, Alex, of not finishing his career with the Los Angeles Kings. But, boy, now he gets to be reinvigorated again join the Vegas Golden Knights, a playoff team, and help build, I think, a tandem moving forward with Aiden Hill. Now, we don't know if Logan Thompson's going to be back at some point this season. I think they're hopeful, maybe in the playoffs, but uh, they have brought Jonathan Quick in here to shore up the goaltending because for the, for the short term and then the longer term into April, it can't be all on Aiden Hill's plate. You know, he needs some help. And Jonathan Quick, the Vegas Golden Knights are hoping, Alex, he is the help. Uh, that will that will give them that assistance they need in that. Yeah, you know, as soon as we heard about the the trade from Quick going to LA to Columbus and hearing about how upset he was, and then 
I was also hearing too uh, just today about how they're saying, you know, a lot of those veteran players, they were, you know, basically brought to tears when they found out that he was getting moved. So it was an emotional scene uh, on that flight. And of course, uh, like I said, you know, he never even went to Columbus. Hopefully nobody bought a quick Blue Jackets jersey uh, in the last 24 hours because that's uh, just never happened. And now he's going to Vegas and it's going to make for an interesting thing that we talked about on here. And I talked about it on a radio show last night about, you know, Quick wasn't happy about leaving L.A. And now he goes to Vegas right there. And we could easily see him possibly starting in a, in a playoff game down the line uh, against L.A. How great of a series would that be now? with these two teams, you know, they try to make this kind of an unnatural rivalry when Vegas first joined the league might have some traction. Now, if these two teams play in a seven game series with, uh, with old Johnny quick now playing for Vegas. So interesting to see. And uh, the Columbus over jackets now with Michael Hutchinson that uh, oh, yeah. I think we'll probably be seeing sevens for them. Uh, <laughs> probably at the end of the year, we'll probably see some, we might see some seven and a half. Depending you on read my mind on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. We're going to hammer every fucking six and a half that we see from here to oblivion <laughs> on this Columbus yeah. team. Now with uh, Corpus Allo was the one goalie that was kind of standing on his head for them. Uh, and now they've got the Hutchinson and uh, obviously Merzlikens continues to have yeah. his struggles. Although he's been a little bit better lately, but still for the, uh, ex- for the extension, for the uh, duration of the season, he's had a tough year. So you think of Merzlikens and Hutchinson maybe being the duo? You better believe I'm looking at over, over, over with this Jackets team say, now. I'll go, <laughs> I'll go over, I'll go over six and a half games of how many games the rest of the way will be lined at seven or higher for Columbus on a total. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that, I don't think it'll take long. You know, you get a couple of these games that just uh, develop into just absolute pond hockey affairs, uh, and there is uh, no question about it uh, that. Um, that that uh, they, they, they're going to have an issue keeping the puck out of the net uh, moving forward, probably with that tandem of Hutchinson uh, and uh, Merzlikens. Uh, all right, next up, we've got Seattle and Detroit. Uh, the Kraken minus 120 road favorite, six and a half the total in this game. Uh, I wonder where Detroit's headspace is at, Alex, for this game. I mean, you wonder about it because, you know, they thought just going into the Ottawa series, they've got all this momentum. They were on a great run. The only loss was to Tampa Bay in a game Vasilevsky stole. And then I can't explain how, why or how they ended up playing so awful against Ottawa in those two back-to-back games. But it happened. And all of a sudden, Steve Eiserman says, hey, I know everyone's getting excited. We've played good hockey here for a couple of weeks. Take a breath. Everybody calm down. Everybody relax. Let's take a breath here. The long-term rebuild is still our focus. And we are seeing that here from Steve Eiserman with the deals that have been made the last few days for this Detroit team. That uh, Yeah, it's been nice pushing for this playoff spot here, but that's not the ultimate goal yet for this group. We're still in a position where we're building for the long term. You know, they've jettisoned multiple players out this week. Bertuzzi sent to Boston earlier today. Ronick yesterday, one of their uh, key defensemen. Uh, so, you know, you look at the moves Detroit's making and all of a sudden, you know, that you can see that they're just they're going to, you know, make some alterations with the lineup, but they are not going to make that all in push for the playoffs that say Ottawa, you know, now is trying to make. So you wonder where the headspace is at collectively for this Red Wings group going into tonight and how do they respond? Do they pick themselves up off the mat? Because that was an ass kicking they took in those two games against Ottawa. They were just horrendous in those two games. So I, I don't really have a strong feel for this game. Um, I cashed a ticket with Seattle the other night uh, against St. Louis in regulation. So did Alex uh, in that win against the Blues. But am I ready to lay a price again with Seattle on the road after beating St. Louis? I'm not so sure. I mean, definitely 
Uh, Seattle needed that win, had to get it against a team like the St. Louis Blues. But really, that's been their only win recently. I mean, they have had their issues, uh, the Kraken. Uh, defensively, I don't think they've played as well. Martin Jones is turning back into that goaltender that's difficult to trust again after such a strong first half of the year uh, in goal for the uh, Kraken. Although we don't know if we'll see him tonight. There is still a chance it's Philip Grubauer. There isn't a goalie confirmation yet for Seattle. Uh, it will be uh, Billy Husso in net tonight for the uh, Kraken. So I think based on the question marks I have about the headspace of this Seattle team, or sorry, of this Detroit team going into tonight after the trades, knowing that Iserman's kind of pulling back the the sled a little bit when it comes to trying to rev up for a playoff run. Uh, I'm going to end up probably off Detroit because of that, but I'm a little bit reluctant to take Seattle as well. So more than anything, I'm just going to look to leave this game alone and look more toward props when it comes to this game. Alex, what do you think here with Seattle and Detroit? Yeah, I grabbed Seattle minus a dollar 10 this morning and, you know, mostly a fade on the Red Wings. I can't bet on this Detroit team that's basically going, oh, well, thank God we don't have to play Ottawa <laughs> again after getting, you know, crushed back-to-back nights. Uh, like I said, this is this is a Detroit team. Like I said, they're, they're looking toward the future. It, they put a little bit of a valiant effort up now in the, in the wild card race, and, and they'll still be dangerous in, in certain spots. This ain't one of them. Uh, I think Seattle's got some momentum rolling. Like I said, we were on that uh, Tuesday night, that regulation uh, side with Seattle. I, I think they can – keep that momentum rolling for another game and so dollar 20 is still a decent enough price but yeah, if you start getting up dollar 25 dollar 30 range i'd maybe hold off and wait in game all right good stuff there indeed all right uh, yeah definitely uh it might be a live uh, betting opportunity for me other other than the props that i like and i'm going back to the well with uh Jared McCann to get a point is eight out of the last 10 games Eberly to get a point seven of the last 10 games uh, they are very good prop options right now for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Dunn's gotten a point in three straight games for the uh, Kraken as well, Vince Dunn. So Vince Dunn, McCann, and Everly point props right up there on the uh, resume for me uh, in terms of uh, things to look at. You know, shots on goal, by the way, I want to point something out too with Seattle. Matty Beneers' shots on goal props are usually listed at one and a half. And this is a guy that obviously not only can score, but he's a great playmaker as well. He's definitely got that uh, want to, you know, not just shoot the puck, but pass a little bit. He's suddenly gone over in three straight games, over one and a half shots on goal. So you might be getting a little value here. Minus 143 with his shots on goal over Matty Beneers, just because, you know, you're seeing him take more shots and try to uh, fire the puck on net more than he maybe was just a few weeks ago. So definitely keep an eye on that sort of trending more toward uh, going over that uh, shots on goal number uh, of late for the uh, Seattle Kraken uh, going into uh, this game. So that might be something to uh, look at here in the prop market. All right, this is uh, next up, Buffalo and Boston. Uh, the Bruins, minus 300, home favorites, six and a half the total in this game. Boston with just a, a, a strong road trip, obviously, out west. Somehow, Alex, I don't know how. Well, I know how. Linus Allmark in that game against Calgary. Uh, but somehow they swept Albert, uh, the Western Canada trip, uh, beating uh, Vancouver, beating Edmonton, and then, of course, beating Calgary on the back-to-back in spite of getting completely outplayed uh, in that hockey game by the uh, Calgary Flames. It was Alinas Allmark, hammer down, chisel it, and granite that he's going to be the Vesna Trophy winner uh, with that performance. 57-20, to 20. The shots on goal in favor of the Calgary Flames, and yet it is the Bruins with the 4-3 overtime win uh, on a Tuesday night against Calgary to complete a perfect four-game trip if you include that wild game against Seattle 
uh, six to five uh, to begin that road trip. A perfect four and zero road trip for the Boston Bruins. This is win or lose tonight. The penultimate beauty of a spot to take the Buffalo Sabers, in my opinion. Think about think about this. They're off that four game trip with just one day off after that Calgary game. The last time this happened to Boston, it was in against Seattle, coming off the West Coast, a Western trip. They lost that game against the Seattle Kraken. Buffalo has already beaten Boston this year in the TD Garden uh, earlier this season. The Sabres are off a game that I'm sure doesn't sit well with anybody uh, against the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, on Tuesday night. And this is Buffalo in that spot that I've talked about all season. Road underdog against a better team. Road underdog against elite competition or above-average teams. Buffalo has been money in these spots. They've won at Boston, at Washington, at Tampa Bay, at Florida, at Colorado, at Vegas, at Dallas. Do I need to keep on going with the list of teams they've beaten on the road as road underdogs this year? Tons of them. Tons of them. Um, and now they catch Boston off that trip. You know, a lot of travel. 4-0. There's no pressure on Boston to turn the ship around. All the moves that have been made by the Bruins the last uh, few days, uh, including, of course, Bertuzzi today, the big long-term extension of Pasternak, a lot going on off the ice. This is just, I think, a tough spot for Boston to bring their A game. As simple as that. And Buffalo does seem to bring their A game every single time uh, against these better teams on the road. They've been road underdog moneymakers all season long. So this is a double up, Alex. Plus 175 first period money line for Buffalo and plus 245 full game money line for the Sabres. Hmm. They pull the upset tonight. In my opinion, here, uh, what do you think here, Alex? Sabres, Bruins. Yeah, right there. And the Rangers game Saturday. Yes, the Rangers game on ABC Saturday. Huge game. Huge game. Win or lose is a must-bet spot on Buffalo. Yep, go ahead. Yeah. No, I right there, I agree with you. We talked about it. We kind of teased it on Tuesday a little bit, talking about that this matchup. But definitely, when you look at Boston coming off of of the road trip, and look at the last two spots where they've come off of road trips, had that uh, five-game road trip going back uh, just earlier this month. Come back home against Washington, day game, they lose two to one. Uh, go back to around New Year's Eve, where they come back after a three-game road trip, playing against this Buffalo team, they lose 4-3 in overtime. So this definitely seems like a prime spot. Buffalo has played them tough. Uh, you know, a lot of these Sabres guys, they know Olmark from, from the time he played with Buffalo. Seems like they may be able to kind of get to him a little bit. Uh, and this just seems like a, a like I said, Perfect scheduling, flat spot for Boston, sandwich spot. It's all of that wrapped in the one right now. So I'm on Buffalo. Uh, I got it full game. But I might even tell you on that first period, too, I could see where this might just be uh, all Sabres game all night. This might be – this could easily be Boston's worst game of the year. Yeah, it might be. Uh, but uh, even if it isn't, I think, like I say, I think Buffalo's – and, again, th- keep in mind what they've got on deck, too, the Rangers, Saturday afternoon on ABC. You know, and t- obviously those are two teams that are looking at each other as you might be in our way for a Stanley Cup in the pathway through the Eastern Conference. So you factor that in. You factor in the 4-0 road trip. You only have one day after uh, beating uh, Calgary. Uh, and, yeah, I might add that team total. Uh, Perlo on uh, Buffalo too. I mean, just, you know, because I could, you know, just in case Boston somehow does, and I shouldn't say somehow they're the Boston Bruins. They've had a historically good season. They can win this game obviously, but just in case Buffalo doesn't, I think they could still hit that over two and a half and it's like plus a hundred 
uh, even money on that uh, team total. I like Thompson over shots on goal. Tage Thompson's been shooting the puck. TNT, as Dan Dunleavy calls him, uh, over shots on goal for him in four straight games uh, for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. He has a point in seven straight games, and so does Skinner, who is on a seven-game point streak for the uh, Buffalo Sabres as well. So you put them in some sort of parlay, uh, in same-game parlay, uh, both of them to get a point. I think that makes all the sense in the world. Why wouldn't you? Uh, they've gone uh, seven straight games, Skinner and Thompson with a point. Like I said, you could Thompson's minus 220 to get a point. Skinner uh, is minus 175 to get a point. Put it in an SGP, bam, you'd get it like close to even money. So it's a, a really good look there on those uh, two-point props in at, this game. Bet online, they got Thompson and Skinner to each get a point and Buffalo winning at plus 400. There you go. That's that. Now that. Uh, that's very plausible because we'd yeah. like Buffalo to win this game. We think they've got a real good chance to. So you put that Buffalo win with Thompson point and Skinner point at plus 400. That is, it's an excellent find there. Uh, no question. I do like a couple Boston props though. Uh, McAvoy uh, assist prop has been good to me. Uh, Jake DeBrusque with the shots on goal and to get a point, uh, I think is a good look as well. And I am on David Posternock to score uh, tonight uh, in this game. Just a goal prop on uh, Posternock. I find that when you sign the big deal, the big long-term extension, it goes to your feet, it goes to your legs, it goes right to your skates. That first time you take the ice in a game after you sign a big lucrative long-term extension, and I think you might see that here from uh, Pasta tonight, David Pasternak. So uh, those are the props I'm focusing on mostly here with Sabres and Bruins. Cousins, I'm not abandoning Cousins. Cousins has actually been good on the road. You see what he did against the Tampa and Florida. Uh, teams on the road recently so i'm go back i'll go back to dylan cousins tonight even though he was very quiet uh the other night against uh columbus the whole team was quiet really uh that night uh only even money by the way cousins to get a point minus 102 might even sprinkle on the goal prop uh for him as well all right that's the first half of the thursday card 271 live viewers watching us on youtube hit the like button uh, we appreciate it uh, very much we'll be back with the back half of this thursday nhl card right after we hear from gramco Support for the Ice Gas is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back here on the Ice Guys show. Half the card down, half the card remaining. We go next up to Dallas and Chicago. The uh, Dallas Stars minus 250 road favorites, six the total here uh, in this one. Uh, we've got, obviously, the Stars uh, finally escaped overtime uh welcome to the world of winning and regulation dallas we've missed you uh and they uh, were able to uh get the job done last night uh, over the uh, arizona coyotes now they are on the second night of a back-to-back -back here in chicago taking on this uh, blackhawks team um 
and look, Dallas is actually trying to revenge, uh, avenge, I should say, a loss to the uh, Chicago Blackhawks uh, just recently, 4-3 in Dallas. Remember, that was a game that took place uh, last week where uh, it was, uh, you know, basically uh, 4-3 Chicago. They won it late, and Tyler Sagan thought maybe he tied the game, but the puck went in after time expired, and Chicago was able to win that game 4-3 in Dallas. That was not last Friday, but the uh, Friday before that, but yeah, definitely. Actually, yeah, that was last week when they played uh, Dallas, that game, 4-3 Chicago. Um, so Dallas in revenge here, yes. But I'm still, you know I'm not touching Dallas. You know that already, especially on a back-to-back, minus 250. Uh, we're not taking the Dallas Stars here. Um, but do I want to take another draw with this Chicago team that's coming off a road trip back home? Remember, they were out west, the Chicago Blackhawks, just uh, fault prior to this game tonight, playing Arizona, Anaheim and San Jose, and they lost the last two games. And really, those two games in particular, when it was reality was sinking in, you know, Patrick Kane's going to get dealt, and they also, of course, dealt Jake McCabe and Jake uh, and, and uh, Jake McCabe and Lafford, Sam Lafferty to Toronto. Uh, once all of those realities sunk in for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, you know, those were pretty dismal performances they had against uh, two teams that are right there with them. It's not like they were losing to juggernauts. They lost 4-2 to Anaheim, 4-1 to Arizona. So it's not like I'm overly giddy about taking the draw or taking Chicago, especially with Dallas having lost to Chicago last time. But I'm not going to lay the price either with the uh, Dallas Stars minus 250 in this game. Looks like as far as the goaltending matchup is concerned, it's going to be Peter Morozik uh, who will be in net once again for the uh, Blackhawks uh, in this uh, game tonight. And it is worth noting, Jake Ottinger in net last night uh, against uh, the Arizona Coyotes. And Scott Wedgwood you know, is still uh, dealing with... Uh, uh, an issue injury-wise uh, that has kept him out. So either start Ottinger on a back-to-back, or they might turn to the uh, to uh, Matt Matthew Murray here. So we'll see uh, how he fares here in this game for the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, but you're looking at maybe him having to be in net possibly for Dallas. So keep an eye on this uh, going into puck drop tonight against Chicago. But if anything, I lean draw again. It's been good, but I'm not feeling it as much as I've been been liking it the last uh, few games involving the stars. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Alex? Uh, Dallas, Chicago. Yeah, and you got to make a note. Yeah, that's Matthew Murray, not the other Matt Murray. And no, not the Leaf Matt Murray. Of course, <laughs> right? There's yeah. no no trades it's went Matt, down. That's, that's Matthew. Right. He actually has Matthew. Yeah. They actually right. wants to be called his full name, not Matt. Full Matthew name. Murray. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> have to have to make that note because I'm sure a lot of people are probably looking at it and go wait because because Ottawa's Matt Murray possibly or, or or Toronto I should say possibly could be getting dealt. But uh, I'm going with the draw one more time here. You know, I've been riding this with yep. Dallas. Like I said, you know, they've they've been kind of figuring out how to win games again uh, and not have to go to overtime to do it. But uh, and it's obviously tough with Chicago. Of course, like I said, this is the, the official no more Kane. Obviously, no Taves. Uh, you know, you just had so many pieces and so many important offensive pieces pieces depleted, and even on the blue line with Jake uh, McCabe. So now I just wonder, you know, what the hell? I mean, the Hawks they still got Max Domi, but there's talk that he might be gone too. So if you get rid of him, where the hell is the offense going to come from? And then are they going to just put all the emphasis on defense? If you're doing that against Dallas, that might hold up for maybe 10, 20 minutes, but then Dallas gets their momentum going, and, and that offense can be hard to stop when they do get it rolling. So I'm going to take a shot with the draw. It's a smaller play. This is not one of my favorite draws on the board, but uh, I'm just riding this one more time because that's what I've been doing with Dallas. It's been very profitable the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, this one should have, this is one of those ones that should have gone to OT. They had that goal that was waved off at the buzzer. 
uh, and they had a goal waved off from interference a minute uh, before that in that third period of the last time these two teams met in Dallas. So I could easily see this one being another OT game. Just won't be that high scoring. It'll probably be kind of what we saw from the, the, the first game, maybe 1-1 one, one or 2-2 two, two, uh, after 60. All right. There are some uh, props that I like, though, in this game, and that's more of a prop game for me. Uh, Tyler Sagan uh, is suddenly, you know, lighting it up as shots on goal, I mean. So Tyler Sagan over two and a half for Dallas, uh, shots on goal. Uh, I'm interested in that uh, here in this game tonight. Um, what else? Miro Haskinen, I think going back to the well with him, he he did cash. You know, it was not the best night for me with the shot props last night, but Miro Haskinen was one of them that did cash in. Uh, over two and a half against Arizona. I think we'll go back to that as well tonight in this game against Chicago with uh, Haskinen uh, over two and a half shots on goal uh, here tonight. Uh, let me see what else uh, in this uh, game. There's, I think, a couple others that uh, stand out. Um, oh, yeah, on the Chicago side, Max Domi uh, over two and a half shots on goal. Again, now he is the, I think, one of the focal points of this offense. Whatever offense they've got left, Max Domi's got to be a huge part of it. And Max Domi, last four games, Alex, three, eight, four, and four shots yep. on goal for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. So he's firing it quite a bit. Uh, we haven't seen enough of an adjustment on his shots on goal number either. It's still over two and a half at minus 135 to minus 140. Uh, so I like that prop once again, uh, Max Domi to be shooting the puck quite a bit uh, here tonight in this game uh, for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, keep an eye on Tyler Johnson as well, too, for the uh, Blackhawks, because suddenly he's starting to fire the puck a little bit more. I mean, the last game, inexplicably, he had no shots on goal against Arizona, but he had the three against uh, Anaheim. He got a goal and an assist and two points in that game. So I don't like the props for Johnson as much as Domi, but I definitely think uh, Johnson uh, could be worth a look here in this game as well. Wyatt Johnston over shots on goal as well for Dallas. Uh, Rope hints. Johnston, those two guys, whether it's shots on goal, goal prop, if you want to take a shot or assist prop, they're uh, they're really and point prop, I should say. Johnston and Hints for Dallas are probably good looks here uh, in this game. Uh, Dadanov, yes, uh, Dadanov for Dadanov, I should say for Dallas, since they got him from the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Keep an eye on this. He had the five shots against uh, Vancouver, and he scored, and he's gotten a point in back-to-back -back games. So I am interested a little bit in Evgeny uh, Dadanov. Uh, shots on goal and especially a point prop tonight like he's gotten a point in two straight games for the stars and it's only plus 106 at FanDuel Evgeny Dodonov to get a point for Dallas tonight so uh, some good props more of a prop game for me here with uh, Dallas Chicago although I agree with Alex's sentiment if you're going to bet anything side or total in this game take a shot with the draw and just uh, draw one, one quick thing too just want to say that the Hawks really should try to just keep Max Domi, sign him to an extension. We don't need another second round pick. That's what I'm hearing that they're they're trying to get for him. Uh, I think he he's earned his, uh, a contract extension. He's played his you know played very well. Even though, like I said, most of that was with him playing with Kane. But I think he's done enough to earn a, a two or three year deal. Have some kind of offensive consistency the rest of the way, and uh, and, and keep a guy who you know I think earned uh, a spot on the team. Don't just ship him off for another draft pick and when. That second round pick probably won't even, you know, turn out to be the level of Max Domi or higher necessarily. So. Exactly, you got to make sure you draft someone that's worth it, uh, essentially, yeah. with that draft pick. And you're, not, and of course, you don't know if that's going to yeah. be possible or if that's going to happen. You've got yeah, an established NHL player that's had a nice season for you. Why yeah. not keep him instead of trading him for a second round pick that might not even pan out anyway? 
And and with all these picks, of course, I mean, number one is slam dunk, but all these other first, second, third round picks, these two, three years, we don't know how Kyle Davidson drafts yet. Uh, this could be Mike Smith 2.0 for all we know. We can't just, you know, go and have 45 draft picks and then all of a sudden it's a bunch of busts. You've got to keep some some current players in the here and now, and I think Max Domi deserves that. He's one of those players that should be sticking around. Yeah, exactly. And now it's a matter of yeah conv- convincing them as well uh, to stick around in the uh, long term. All right, next up, all-Canadian matchup as the Leafs can uh, complete uh, their back-to-back in Alberta. Uh, they were in Edmonton last night. It did not go well for them. They're hoping for better things tonight as they take on the Calgary Flames. Calgary minus 120, home favorite, six and a half being the uh, total uh, in this one. Uh, Calgary had a same exact situation falling perfectly into their uh, lap earlier this week that Toronto was in tonight where they get an opponent on a back-to-back after playing in Edmonton the night before and Calgary couldn't get it done against Boston when Boston was in that very same spot earlier this week. Although they probably deserved the win. They outshot them 57-20, but this is a results-oriented business. At the end of the day, I don't care about shots. I care about Ws, and they did not get it uh, against the Boston Bruins. I don't trust Calgary. Flat out, I don't, even with the spot advantage here. And uh, Sheldon Keefe, you know, he wasn't letting his team, you know, get, you know, to um, make too many excuses that, oh, a lot of new faces in the lineup. No, he was not thrilled with that effort from the top guys. He said it's got nothing to do with new faces and, you know, chemistry being off. It's our top guys didn't play hard enough or play well enough last night. And he was pointing the finger at Matthews and Nylander. And you're right, they were quiet. You know, the very quiet last, other than a goal that Marner scored in the third period with the game already out of reach. It was a rough night for the top players of the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, last night. There's no question. So I'd expect them to be a lot better. We've talked about Joseph Wall before, uh, Alex, the brick wall. Uh, he's going to be in net here for the Leafs tonight with on the back-to-back with Murray still not ready to return and Samsonov starting last night. This is a, this is a kid that played extremely well, AHL All-Star, uh, All-Star game MVP. Uh, earlier this season. Incredible numbers with the Marlies. And in his last start that he made for the Leafs against the uh, Montreal Canadiens, it was on a Saturday night. He played very well, Alex. One goal allowed on 30 shots. You know, very, very solid. So don't act like, whoa, they got the backup goalie. He's been in the minors most of the year. You got to bet Calgary. No, he's actually been playing pretty well, this kid. And I think Toronto's kind of cheesed off about the way they played last night. Now, the concern for me, though, with backing Toronto, I lean that way, but it's lukewarm with Toronto at plus 100, is the lineup concerns. It's just, you you know, you had new faces coming in last night. You're probably going to have new faces coming in tonight because last night, Alex, it was McCabe and Lafferty. Tonight, there's a chance you're going to welcome in Shen, Luke Shen, who got acquired from Vancouver, and Eric Gustafson you know, from Washington on your blue line. So there's going to be more shuffling of the deck chairs. So it becomes even more of kind of a headache to establish that chemistry and cohesion. Um, So that's the only concern I would have with Toronto, as well as it being the back-to-back. But I've seen enough of Calgary to to say that they just find ways to not win in spots they should. You know, it's happened over and over and over again. So my lean here is Toronto at the even money price, especially now that the money's come in on Calgary, which I, I get why it is. You know, it's the rest advantage for the Flames. It's the Leafs with all these changes in their lineup with their backup goalie and net from the Miners wall. And understand why people are betting Calgary, but I ain't jumping in on this train and joining them on this ride. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Leafs and Flames. 
No, I like the draw here. And and like you mentioned with Joseph Wall, that he's not a, a fade by, by any stretch of imagination. There's some of these guys in the AHL uh, that you know have had some good numbers and it's been able to translate into some halfway decent success once they get called up. Calgary is a team that just has been kind of going through the motions. Two of their last three games have gone into overtime. Three of the last four meetings between these two teams have gone to overtime, including when these two teams played earlier this year in Toronto. And this both teams need points. Uh, I just like I said, Toronto's got a bunch of lineup changes. They still got to kind of gel. I think that might be the one team that probably takes the longest of any of the teams making major trades to, you know, fit pieces in because they've had so many uh, moving parts and so many guys who can do so many different things. You know, we talk about the versatility of Lafferty, for example. So uh, Toronto, the team, I definitely would wait at least maybe another, maybe a week from now before I look to back them on a side or total perspective. This is just strictly a draw look for me. Uh, both teams need points, and I think they get them uh, playing after 60 minutes. All right, there we go. Second draw on the card here tonight for uh, Alex B. Smith with the Leafs and the uh, Flames. Leafs, by the way, 5-4 and four on the second night of back-to-back games. 2-0-1 uh, after a loss on the uh, second of back-to-back as well. Uh, by the way, the overs cashed in 3-0-1 in the last four meetings in Calgary. That did appeal to me a little bit as well. Uh, in the, especially with Markstrom as well, confirmed in net for Calgary. And you know how we feel about Markstrom. We're not exactly trusting him to put up the uh, stop sign tonight against, obviously, a Toronto team. that uh, Look, after Keith had those words about Matthews and Nylander and company tomorrow night, you'd think they're going to be coming out guns blazing offensively yeah. to get back tonight. And here's the, my worry about the over is that, yes, it's Markstrom in that, right? So you want to try to grab Markstrom-Calgary totals pregame. Because, yep. you know, you know, first shot on goal could go right past him. Uh, but then with, with Wall, the way he's playing, you would kind of look for him maybe, okay, maybe yeah. he does have an off they night. They tighten it up. Yep. They tight, right, they tighten it up. Or he just, you know, had regresses and plays at a bad level. And then now you can't even jump in to grab anything live because all of a sudden it's a 1-1 game, you know, five minutes into it. So so if you like the over, you might have to just go on and, and, and grab it now. I don't think there may not be room to grab – Maybe if you got a book that that you know moves by the half, you can grab a six or like MGM or something. But you won't have time to grab five and a half most likely with these two teams, especially if Wall's not playing that well. Yeah, yeah, no question about that. Prop wise, this is a good prop game. Like I said, I lean Toronto in the over. I might have a couple bucks on the both of those, but nothing uh, as significant as some of the props that I like. And look, it, it starts with these two guys from Calgary, and uh, we've talked about them and their shots on goal numbers. I mean, it's been an incredible streak for both of them. Now, look, I lost a best bet with Seth Jarvis over two and a half shots on goal for Carolina last night. All streaks are going to come to an end. So maybe this is the, the night that it does come to an end for these two guys, but Michael Backlund, Calgary Flames, has gone over two and a half shots on goal in 10 straight games, and his prop is, you know, it's getting up there a little bit, but still minus 154 at Unibet, uh, 10 straight games over two and a half shots for Backland. Tyler Toffoli, uh, over two and a half shots on goal in nine straight games coming into tonight for the uh, Calgary Flames as well, uh, and he is around that same price. If You, you can parlay them if you want if your book allows that too, to get a better number. But uh, yeah, definitely the Calgary shots on goal props. Uh, I've been cashing for those two guys repeatedly. Um, I like Nazem Kadri tonight for Calgary. Goal prop, point prop. Not only has he been that, he's actually scored a point in four straight games and the assist prop in four straight games. And I'd probably sprinkle on him to score. You know, playing one of his former teams, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. So Kadri props are interesting. I'm going to go to Jacob Peltier. This kid is either close to scoring or scoring on a nightly basis. 
for the Calgary Flames, and you can still get plus 390 on him. He's going to the areas that you need to to score goals, this kid. Uh, you know, I like the, uh, the, the, the work ethic he's shown uh, here with the Flames, so there's some props there that you might want to uh, look at. Uh, Nylander over three and a half shots on goal did not win last night. He was invisible like Matthews and a couple other of the key Leafs, but that prop has still been trending in the uh, winning direction overall the last 10 games for William Nylander. So I have uh, no qualms getting back to the well with that uh, here tonight uh, in this game over three and a half shots on goal uh, for uh, William uh, Nylander. And uh, like I said, Backlund to Foley over shots. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly's gone over in seven of the last games. Morgan Riley. That's uh, the defenseman, of course, for the Leafs. Don't get them mixed up now. Uh, Morgan Riley for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Only minus 115 to get a point. And I cashed a point prop on Morgan Riley last night. So he's actually been chipping in some offense from the blue line for Toronto. I think his point prop is probably a, a decent option here tonight as well uh, in this game. So, again, a series of props that uh, definitely I'm interested in here tonight with these uh, two teams. And Dubé, of course, for Calgary. It goes without saying he's... Uh, always someone to consider if you're going to bet player props on the Calgary side. All right, Minnesota-Vancouver. Minnesota minus 165, road favorites, six the total. Now, this is a game where the draw appeals to me a little bit. I could see that. Vancouver giving Minnesota a tough game here. And look, we're talking about two teams that are uh, definitely very familiar with their games going beyond uh, regulation of late. How about three straight games beyond regulation for Minnesota? And how about six of the last 10 games? beyond regulation to overtime or a shootout for the Minnesota wild. You know, like I said about Dallas, if you've been betting every Minnesota game, the last 10 games draw and, and you've cashed six of 10 times, you're in a nice little bit of profit right there. Uh, no question about that. And say what you will about Vancouver, a rough dismal season. Look at these last few games, three of the four have gone to overtime or a shootout. So three of their last four games have cashed the draw they lost in a shootout to Nashville. They come back to beat St. Louis in overtime. The Boston game nearly got to overtime because that was 2-1 to one before Linus Allmark got his big uh, goalie goal that night to make it 3-1 for the Bruins, uh, one of the viral moments of the year. That game was so close to going uh, to a draw, and that was against the mighty Bruins. And then, of course, the last game against the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, I like the draw. Alex liked the draw. And Vancouver does get another game to go to overtime and they win it uh, in overtime 5-4. So to me, this is just, this is definitely a draw. I have no qualms taking a shot with tonight, not given the recent current form of both teams. Three of the last four games, Vancouver's gone beyond regulation. Six of the last 10, including three straight, Minnesota has gone beyond regulation. No qualms whatsoever. Draw season is on for yours truly in this game tonight with the Wild and the Canucks. Draw plus 346 at Pinnacle for me in this one. Uh, Alex, Wild Canucks. Ditto. <laughs> I mean, I got uh, I got plus 340 uh, earlier this morning. This is a draw I really like a lot. And like I said, this is Minnesota style, uh, especially against Vancouver. It seems like these two teams is kind of – it's funny how you have certain teams that are conference opponents. They, they used to be division opponents way back in the day. But they just always kind of just seem – there's this always a weird animosity whenever they're playing on the ice, even though it doesn't really feel like any kind of rivalry. And that seems to be the thing with Minnesota and Vancouver. It seems to always be kind of chippy for whatever reason. And there's no real – like, you know, other than just two opponents against one another. But it just seems to be a little more amped up and elevated. So I think we see that. I think we see a uh, good pace from both clubs. And I think eventually it will slow down. We'll have a tie game. And – 
hopefully grab another big plus price with a, a draw on a Minnesota Vancouver. This is a, I definitely want to, I, I am going to actually take the over here, but I don't love it. Here's why Minnesota has been a dead nuts under. They really yeah, have. And crazy. it's like, I, that's the one thing that bothers me. But again, it's Vancouver with six and I cannot shy away from betting an over on a Vancouver game at six instead of six and a half. You just, I just have to, but I can't, I can't say that I love this play or love this bet. Like I've loved the Vancouver overs for the last two months and they are starting to show some sign too of tightening up just a little bit, at least. Uh, under Rick Tockett, and they have gone under in two of the last three. But knowing what we know about the Wild and this run, this crazy run they've had to these first period unders, do you play six or do you wait and grab five and a half at any price? Not necessarily that might be plus good price. Too. Yeah, that might be good too. Maybe wait, let that first period pass by because yeah. the games. Have been I mean, so hell, you might be able to get a four and a half. I've seen I've seen four and a halfs pop up minus one twenty at the end of some of these wild first periods live because of the yeah. first period under trend. So. Yeah, yeah. So that that's the conflict. The, I've, there's no conflict for me taking an over in a Vancouver game with the total being six. That's a no issue for me doing sure. that. The issue is what Minnesota's doing right so, now. They've been an under machine. They've tried to keep it really tight, really low scoring. And when it's tied in the third period, they dummy the thing down. That's exactly what they're doing. They're just trying to preserve at least one point and then get the extra point when they can. They're not making mistakes with the puck. They're being tidy. They're managing the puck in a close, tight game late. That's the way the Minnesota Wild have been playing. I was watching that Islanders Wild game the other night. No, neither team, Both teams were scared shitless to make a play when that game was uh, tied 1-1 in the third period with about 5-10 yeah. minutes to go. They were just, ah, let's, let's just get this point in the bank, both sides. When I watch that game, and, and like you said, you know that's that's the common occurrence of these draws, right? That's what we, we, yeah. we I talk about all the time. The last five minutes, you're not going to see much shit. But the last thirty minutes of that game, in my opinion, was the reason why neither one of those teams, the Wild Islanders, are going to do any any real damage in the postseason. They just the way that they play, they all like it's they're in that mindset of like let's play for a point in the second period. And it seems like they do that often, and and they don't have that offensive push. And I understand it from the Islanders; they've got Lane Lambert. It's still the you know disciple of Trots. They're defensive minded. I don't understand this from the Wild. Like this is a Wild team that was lighting everybody up last year, and even the beginning of this year when they were winning games, they were doing it, scoring five, six, seven goals a night. Uh, and, and for some reason now, they just can't get that you know full lineup to start scoring at, at a good pace. You know, Hartman heats up for a while, then he goes cold. Kaprizov's doing all the heavy lifting as usual. Arison Eck can't find him with a telescope, as you always say. There's a lot of guys that, you know, they just kind of just bounce around. And this wild team, there's no reason why it should be playing 2-1, 3-2 hockey right now. You should be blowing teams away. You should be using your speed and offense uh, in spots and taking over against teams, you know, using your scheduling of spots to your advantage. You know, they should have they played well in that homestand. And now here they are hitting the road, but can they carry that momentum and energy over in the first period? I don't really know. If, if, if the Wild were playing the way that this lineup is built, I would be all over Wild first period puck line in a normal situation. But I can't take the Wild on any kind of side right now because they've just been so up and down. And, uh, and at times when they should be really pressing action, they get very lackadaisical. So going with the draw. There you go, going with the uh, draw, uh, going with the draw in this one, uh, and I agree with that. Like in the uh, draw, no question about that here in this game uh, tonight. Uh, all right. Also, uh, want to mention props here. There's a bunch that uh, I'm certainly interested in. Kaprizov over shots on goal, uh, Hartman over shots on goal. We're going back to it. I mean, Hartman finally, I think last game fell under his shots, but Hart and Hartman point 
you know, I think are worth a look. Be careful with too many goal assist and point props tonight, though, because this could be low scoring. Uh, and it, it, I, I also think with Vancouver involved, it's, it could also end up being four or three, but or hopefully three three for Alex and I uh, after regulation. But uh, definitely, you know, more toward the shots on goal tonight. Although for Vancouver, you know, there is someone that I have to simply look toward, and that's Anthony Beauvillier. Seven of the last ten games, he's gotten a point. He has six goals, four assists, ten points in eleven games with the Vancouver Canucks. Like I said, just someone that's gotten a change of scenery. Uh, he's been able to, you know, get a fresh start, and he is making the most of it with the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Ten points, six goals in eleven games since joining the team. He's only minus one twelve to get a point tonight, and you could sprinkle plus two sixty for him to get a goal. And he's experienced some great chemistry already with Andre Kuzmenko uh, for this uh, Canucks team. So uh, Beauvillier is the guy right now for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. He has definitely been feeling it. All right, Montreal Canadiens, Los Angeles Kings. We've got L.A. minus 260 home favorites, six and a half being the total in this one. Uh, Montreal, of course, uh, in action uh, Tuesday night. Uh, they rallied in the third period, coming back to beat San Jose 3-1 to one, uh, in that game. So a good start to this California road trip for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. You know, this California road trip long-term for Montreal hasn't exactly been one that's treated them well uh, historically, but they definitely got off to a good start the other night against the uh, San Jose Sharks. L.A. is coming back off a, a road trip. Who knows where L.A.'s head's going to be at? There's just so much that's gone down with this hockey team the last uh, few days around the Jonathan Quick trade, bringing in Gavrikov and uh, Corpusalo. Uh, into the mix. Uh, it looks like tonight, um, as far as the uh, lineup is concerned for the LA Kings, uh, obviously they're going to start Phoenix Copley, which I expected, you know, at least give Jonas Corposalo a chance to, you know, gather his uh, bearings, if you will, settle in in LA on the West Coast, meet his team and all that. So Phoenix Copley in net tonight. I think Gavrikov has joined the team and is expected uh, to make his debut tonight. And you talk about a guy that's going to make the Kings better defensively he will i mean there's no doubt he was one of the better shutdown def- he was the best shutdown defenseman columbus had uh, and he was definitely having a very good uh, season uh, overall is going to make this blue line a whole lot better uh, for the uh, los angeles kings uh, so it's copley in net for la it'll be jake allen uh, in net for the uh, montreal canadians tonight in this game and uh, jake allen of course jake allen's actually played pretty solid here uh, in some of his uh, recent starts for the uh, montreal canadians uh, against San Jose, of course, uh, he gave up just the one goal on 39 shots. was very strong. Two goals allowed to the Philadelphia Flyers uh, when they won that game. He had a little bit of a rough go against Toronto, but really other than that, four of his last five starts has been two goals allowed or less for uh, Jake Allen. So, you know, he's played very well. I don't really have a – I don't want to take Montreal, but I don't want to lay this price with L.A. off a road trip. And they are coming home off a – a pretty uh, extensive road trip through Minnesota, New Jersey, the New York Islanders, the New York Rangers, Winnipeg for that stopover in the Midwest, the central part of the country or the continent. And then they finally come back home here tonight to play uh, Montreal. So it's that type of spot where, you know, it's probably take a shot with the dog or nothing. But with with L.A., they have the new face in the lineup in Gavrikov, but he's the only one. So it's not like they've got you know, a ton of new uh, faces that are going to be uh, littering the lineup tonight. So it's not going to be that same kind of adjustment necessarily for the Kings that maybe it was for the Leafs or, or the Rangers or some other teams that are playing tonight. So 
it's just uh, totally off the side. I mean, I think you can make a case, take a shot with Montreal, with LA on the road trip, off the road trip for their first game back home. But at the same time, you could also see a big, a bit of a spark from the LA Kings here uh, with the uh, trades that have been done uh, recently as they push uh, for not only a playoff spot, but they could obviously still win the Pacific Division. What also concerns me too about betting Montreal in this spot is LA has done pretty well head to head against them. LA's won three straight meetings. Uh, LA has really uh, played them uh, pretty well uh, over the years, and the Canadians long term just two and six uh, in the last eight meetings against the uh, LA Kings. So I'm off this game side in total, but I do have a couple props that I will get to. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Canadians, Kings. It's a pass for me. Like I said, the Kings, another team with a lot of moving parts, wondering where their headspace is at, especially with, like I said, not so much the addition, but the subtraction. Like I said, them losing Jonathan Quick, that was a really emotional thing for some of those key guys, the, the Dowdies and Kopitars in that locker room. And uh, they didn't seem to be too happy about that move either. So you wonder where the head frame's at. I think in due time, obviously, they will get past that, play good hockey. This is still a quality playoff team. But I wanted to lean maybe toward Montreal first period in that spot. Maybe the Kings don't just, you know, have that, you know, super spark and vigor in the first 20 minutes and Montreal could catch some sleeping. But the Habs have been just a, a rough team to kind of back here. So I'm probably going to do the same as you. This is going to be a pass for me. I've already got a lot of action in play tonight. So I'm just going to stay away from this one. Josh Anderson overshots. We've been talking about that a lot lately for Montreal. We're going to go back to the wall. Nick Suzuki from Montreal is on a nice little four-game uh, point streak for them. Uh, right now, so I'm certainly not against looking toward him to uh, get a point tonight for the uh, Montreal Canadiens, and it's only minus 125, which is actually a better price than we've seen from him uh, in uh, recent games, so uh, definitely uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, and by the way, uh, another breaking trade just now, Nick Bukestad going to the Edmonton Oilers, as Don Cherry calls him, Nick Ballstead on his way to the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, so a depth forward, I mean, uh, look, I mean, it's obviously, you know, a golf clap or crickets, whatever you want to call it. But uh, what he does is he gives them a little more depth in the third and the fourth line. And it, yeah. that never hurts, especially at playoff time. And the one thing he does is he can be strong on pucks. That guy, he's got a little bit of a physical element to him and it makes them a little bit deeper and it makes them a little bit tougher to play against. And he can chip in some offense uh, from time to time. So it's, 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 it's not a bad deal, but for uh, not a bad no. trade for Kenny Holland there. It's not a bad trade. I mean, but at the same time, don't start inflating the you know floats in, in Edmonton right now because of Bukestad. But no, they need you know, secondary and tertiary scoring. We talk about yeah. that, what, for literally the last decade with this Oilers team. McDavid and Dreisaitl can't do everything. Bukestad, if he can chip in just a little bit, you're not expecting much of him. Like I said, he's a body at this point, and he will give you the physicality. Uh, you know, he's, he's he holds his own uh, defensively in, in neutral zone play. He just His offensive – ceiling that he once had which seemed to be you know limitless is uh is now quite stunted uh with this now being what his sixth stop in the nhl yeah yep definitely and uh, like i say he's a veteran he's been around the block so that'll help this uh edmonton team as well that he's been around for such a long time sean dersey to get an assist is plus 175 and to get a point for the kings is plus 130 in this game both are worth a look sean dersey's been chipping in uh points uh repeatedly from the blue line of late uh, for this uh, LA Kings team. I mean, if you look at the recent numbers on Dersey, uh, he has a point in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, six of the last eight games, and all of them assists for the most part uh, for uh, Sean Dersey. So getting involved with that might be worth a look. Kopitar, I'm fascinated to see how Kopitar and Dowdy play. 
tonight, especially because they're the guys that were shaken up the most by the trade of Jonathan Quick, who they've been with forever. You know, how do they respond uh, tonight uh, after all the emotions of the last uh, 24 to 48 hours? Because I kind of want to look at Kopitar. Kopitar's point prop has been excellent lately. Uh, he has got four, six, seven, eight, uh, ten. Uh, no, four, six, seven, nine, eleven points, I should say. 11 points for Kopitar in the last seven games. And he has four, five, six, seven, eight goals in the last 11 games as well for the uh, Kings. So his props stand out big time as well. You just hope he wipes wipes away the emotions. I know it's been a tough two days. You've been with Quick forever, relationships that will last a lifetime. But time to move on, time to play some hockey now uh, and try to to win another Stanley Cup, you know, and if you're the LA Kings. And uh, uh, Kopitar, uh, it'll be fascinating to see again how him and Doughty uh, play tonight, this first game after the shock of the Jonathan Quick trade. All right, final game of this massive Thursday card, St. Louis Blues, San Jose Sharks. We've got San Jose minus 120, home favorite, six and a half the total in this game. You know, a couple of weeks ago when uh, St. Louis was trading away everybody, I would have said, you know, I'm definitely going to look to San Jose in this spot. But now you're starting to see the Sharks trade away everybody and Timo Meyer's gone and Mikey Acemont, who is a guy that's picked up a lot of slack lately for San Jose, has been dealt to Tampa Bay. What's left there now for the uh, San Jose Sharks? You have to ask yourself. And you know, just the way they completely fell flat on their keys, flat on their face the other night against Montreal. It was a bad third period for them. They lost three-one at home uh, to the Montreal Canadiens. They've now lost three in a row. They're one and six in their last seven games. So you've got this Sharks team one and six in their last seven games, and this Blues team zero oh and six in their last six games. Like, do you really want to make a case for either team right now uh, in this game? I don't. I'm off it. Uh, and total-wise, it's very interesting. Two teams not going anywhere. Could you see goals? That's probably where I'd lean is over. Why not? I mean, two teams that nobody needs to give one fig about defensive hockey tonight. You're not going anywhere. But Besides, the Blues have been giving up goals left and right lately. Five to Seattle, three to Pittsburgh, three to Vancouver, four to Carolina, seven to Ottawa, four to Colorado. I mean, they've been repeatedly they've given up three-plus goals this uh Blues team in all six of their losses. Uh, San Jose, they've given up 6, 10, 13 goals uh, in the last three games during their last three losses. So you've got two teams giving giving it up at the defensive end right now. I think you just play it over. Don't worry about who's going to win this game. Just play this game over the total. you got goaltending that's suspect. It's going to be Reimer for San Jose. Thomas Grice is going to get a rare start tonight for the St. Louis Blues. I say just play it over or nothing at all, at least in terms of the side or the total. I do have a couple props I like. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Blue Sharks? Yeah, I mean, this is calisthenics on ice, right? Like you always say, playing for exercise. Uh, I, I grabbed San Jose minus $1.10 yesterday afternoon, this is before the, the Isomont trade, and uh, I just thought, I mean, St. Louis is just a team worth fading right now, but San Jose's kind of a team worth fading too. So this is one. They're both worth fading. Who do you want to fade more, essentially? Yeah. 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 And so I don't blame anybody for staying away from this one, but I did jump in with the Sharks. I grabbed minus $1.10. I just thought that was a a good price. And sure enough, we're seeing $1.20, $1.25 popping up everywhere. So it was strictly a a price play, which I'll have some of those between now and the end of the year, every now and then. Uh, That's really it. There's not much of an edge here. I think St. Louis is worse than San Jose. And I think this is a decent price. So that's the point. All right. Uh, if you want to bet someone on this St. Louis side, Pavel Buchnevich has picked it up lately for them. Someone has to uh, because of all the trades that have been made. But Pavel Buchnevich is on a three-game point scoring streak uh, for the uh, St. Louis Blues, although that's obviously pricey. But you could all obviously take a shot maybe with him to score a goal if you prefer. 
Uh, there's just a couple of props I like. Justin Falk, I'm going back to the well. Over shots on goal has been a staple of mine uh, with uh, St. Louis lately. Uh, he has definitely been firing the puck quite a bit. With AC Mont traded, here's who you'd want to maybe take a shot with, and it's Zetterland and Janssen now flanking Tomas Hurdle on the top line. Look at those two players tonight if you're if you're going to bet San Jose props. Uh, those are the guys that are going to fill the AC Mont role uh, playing alongside Hurdle. So you could bet Janssen to score a goal, which is plus 380. Uh, you could bet Zetterland uh, to find the back of the net. Maybe now his second game, he's going to feel more comfortable. It's plus 360. So there's some very good value goal props for two top liners tonight for the San Jose Sharks, both north of plus 300 to score a goal tonight. Fabian Zetterland and um, and, and um, I'm blanking already on the other one uh, for uh, San Jose. Hold on, I'll bring it up here. There, uh, Janssen, Andreas Janssen. Yeah, the two guys they got from Jersey, essentially, in the Timo Meyer trade. Uh, Andreas Janssen and uh, Fabian Zetterland. They're both going to be on the top line with Hurdle. They're both north of plus 300 to score a goal tonight. There's some pretty good value. And I don't uh, wouldn't talk anyone out of maybe Alexander Barabanov either. We've talked about him. He's still up on the second line. Uh, his Whatever offense they get, he's going to have to have a hand in it as well for the uh, San Jose Sharks. So the Barabanov props as well could be uh, worthy, worthy of consideration. And he's minus 135 to get a point tonight and the goal prop at plus 300. All right, that's the Thursday card. Huge Thursday slate on the eve of the trade deadline, which comes your way tomorrow. Uh, hit the like button. We appreciate it. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys, just $10 a month. Make sure you sign up and subscribe for that. Uh, goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, the daily Ice Guys show betting card. Uh, Alex has a great article posted on the page this week. We'll be putting up the uh, long the video segment we did just talking NHL with uh, Nikita Kaszewski. Uh That's going to be next week. We've got more video content planned on the way as well. So all that and more, it's worth it. People that always ask, how can I give you guys a tip for all the hard work and all the hours you put into doing the Ice Guys? That's how you do it. Sign up and subscribe at patreon.com slash iceguys for just $10 a month. Yeah, absolutely. The support means the, the world to us, and, and we can do a lot of cool things. And we got some cool stuff coming up, too. We got some things in the works. There's some things, Ian, I haven't even told you about that we got <laughs> coming up. So uh, we got a lot of surprises. And, of course, we're heading into the playoffs. Uh, we're going to have a lot more content coming out during the postseason as well. Of course, we're going to be here every day. But we're going to have uh, some other things to you know uh, tickle your fancy uh, over at Patreon for just $10 a month. And also check out the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yes, that 15% sale is over, but there will be another one coming up pretty soon. Uh, we also, like I said, you know, everything's in stock right now. T-shirts, caps, hoodies. Weather's getting nice. It's going to be 40 degrees here in Minnesota on Friday. I'm sure, it's getting nice and warm in other places too. So get yourself some new merch from the Ice Guys store. That's iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Exactly. Yep. Take advantage of it for sure. Uh, the Ice Guys store. Uh, cop yourself some great Ice Guys merch uh, when you get the opportunity. All right. We got best bets to wrap up this edition of the show right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code I C E G U Y S at manscaped.com. 
If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0 takes care of your facial hair, uh, and among other things, uh, you've got, of course, the weed whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the weed whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4,000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave, and you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner with the ball deodorant keep you smelling good looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions this complete performance package 4.0 will take care of everything for you for all you guys out there and it's courtesy of our good friends at manscape.com so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right. We're I just got to say, yeah. I just got to say, the old typo of you saying 400 million balls is still one of the funniest things ever. I, know, <laughs> I don't think anybody realized that that was a typo that it was supposed to be 14. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we got that corrected there for the uh, latest promo, which is uh, good. Yeah. We, we we got a little carried away with that uh, first number we threw out there at you on the first half. That's good shit. All right. Yeah. What's good shit, hopefully, is our best bets. Uh, best bets yeah. for this Thursday card. Alex, what do you got for best bet? You know, I'm not going with a draw today. I'm actually going with a side. Shocking for a lot of you, I guess. But uh, the Buffalo Sabres plus 240. I mean, this is, you know, not too many slam dunk style spots to fade the Boston Bruins this year. And probably won't be too many of them after this one. But this just seems like a big letdown spot against a team that's played them tough, beat them already. Uh, coming off of a very successful Western Canadian road trip, going cross country and, and just being home for a couple of days. I, I like the Buffalo Sabres to get the job done here at plus 240. Uh, that's my best bet for today. There you go. Going big there. Buffalo Sabres plus 240 uh, against the Boston Bruins for a best bet for Alex B. Smith on this uh, Thursday uh, card. Uh, my best bet for this Thursday slate. Let's go for goals in the Big Apple. I think you've got two excited teams to play tonight. I think you got new faces on both sides, assuming Chikrin goes for Ottawa, which is not confirmed yet, but it's still a possibility. And I think you're going to see both teams just go up and down and get their offense going. Ottawa's been scoring goals in bunches lately. We know what this Rangers offense is certainly capable of. And I think on a night like this, in Patrick Kane's debut, it's uh, fire away and show what this Rangers team offensively is capable of with Patrick Kane now in the fold. So I like goals here. Give me Senators, Rangers, over 6.5, minus 115 uh, for my best bet here for this Thursday uh, NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. We appreciate it very much. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Friday. 
for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. (laughs) 